Okay, welcome back to A Billion Bad Ideas. We're going to talk today about getting unstuck. We talked about how you get ideas. We've talked about when you have ideas, what do you do? We're going to talk today about what happens if you get an idea and you can't get all the way through it, or what happens if you don't get an idea? How do you get yourself back in the mode of getting ideas? You, Anybody who's looked at the internet ever <laughs> has looked at a creative person's feed or, or looked at what an artist does, you'll see memes about creative block and writer's block and and everybody kind of has this you know their own little joke about ah you know i got stuck and now i'm looking at um you know websites about whatever i'm looking at it's a joke but it's not really funny like it, it really can be painful when you either get halfway through an idea and you don't know where to go with it from then and you don't have necessarily a community a creative community who can help you by bouncing it off of them um or you know kind of just putting it out there to the, I know a lot of people will do this with Twitter. They just put their, their situation out and they ask the whole hive mind of the internet to kind of come up with something with for them, which is maybe helpful for some people, but that seems like you're really opening a box of, you know, a box of cans. Crowdsourcing. <laughs> box of Crowdsourcing. You're going to get a lot of things that probably aren't going to be for you. So, so my idea and my you know question in the topic for this is how do we get ourselves unstuck? So you don't have a community. You don't, necessarily want to throw it out to the world how, how what do we do if anything to get ourselves through those sticky points and um if we don't have techniques is there anything that we can do that we can come up with that is helpful to us but also maybe helpful to people out there who are listening um for that so in order to get us rolling on this what i came up with was um a very badly named idea for sort of a uh Mm, an unstuck gener unsticking generator like a, a a way for you to get unstuck i call it wheel of story <laughs> which is just not even i didn't even try <laughs> i just typed some things and they came out um and i thought we could try playing this game real quick and just kind of sh kind of show a particular way for a, a process to work when you either don't have an idea and you want an idea so you really are just kind of you have nothing, but you need something um, or you've gone as far as you can and you need to turn away from your creativity. We all come to that point, too. Right. We all come to the I can't do this anymore. I'm not getting anywhere. So um, that's a very long introduction to what we're going to do. What What do you guys think? Do you guys think this sounds like a fun topic to talk about? Does this sound well, relevant or helpful? Can I ask you, Luna, this whatever wheel of story is, is it something that you use to get yourself unstuck? It's something I made up this afternoon, <laughs> so no, it's not. <laughs> but it's something I am I am willing to entertain now that I know it exists. Um, and it's really what it probably is, is a super simplified version of what we do in our heads. Um, just kind of put out. Um, I, I'm going to pretend like it's like there's a, a robot, like there's a machine that actually does this, but really <laughs> just written some things on a spreadsheet. Um, so, so. I, I get the feeling it's the process that we go through when we get stuck or when we're starting an idea and we're like, okay, we need to build this out. Um, so it's probably not so foreign from what we all do anyways. I just gave it a name and, and um, a very bad format, I think. Okay. Well, so, you're really selling it. But maybe we're going to make Wheel of Story. Maybe we're going to make Wheel of Story for people to use if they get stuck or if they want ideas. Maybe it will become a thing. I mean, I think it sounds good. I think we should play it see how it goes and then maybe after okay. we do that then ben and i can kind of weigh in with um whether or not that resonates with how we work on getting unstuck once we mm -hmm. know what okay. it is mm -hmm. sounds good okay so wheel of story goes like this i 
I go to the robot, <laughs> the wheel of story robot, and I, 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 there are three different headings in this, in this wheel of story machinery setup. So you can think of it as sort of a story, um, slot machine. So the, what we're going to play in our version of this is we're going to spin the wheel of story and I'm going to engage the two of you and myself to come up with an idea that we work on. This won't be the full episode like we did before. This will just be kind of a quickie that we, we kind of say, Hey, this is how we get going. Um, and what each of these particular items has is there's a character column, there's a scenario column, and there's a setting column. And so it's very basic. It's a very straightforward way of saying, okay, I need an idea to work on, or I need something to just kind of get my mind cranking. Um, so I, I don't want anybody thinking this is like, you know, something that needs to be copyrighted or this is. Unless, <laughs> this is, unless, unless, unless it, works. it does need to unless be copyrighted. Is yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is true. So don't anybody listening take this because we might be taking this to the, the next, next time you say might war, be a shark story, uh, wheel of stories add a tm at the end just to cover TM, your bases TM, 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 TM. that's yeah. right TM. wheel story TM. TM. there we go we're Nobody doing we're safe now it's okay. an audio we're protected yeah. now we're protected. okay okay so i'm gonna spin the wheel of story i'm so glad it sounds like that i was hoping it would sound like a 1950s computer <laughs> and not the wheel of fortune i like that better okay wheel of story has been spun <laughs> we probably need to spend more money on the sound effects this goes forward. <laughs> i have i have some queued up here as soon as you go let's oh, see good. if uh, okay. these work okay yeah um so we've spun wheel of story and now the way we're going to engage this is i'm going to have clayton pick a number between one and five. Three. Three. okay you are in our character category and the character you pick that is associated with the number three is a rock star Is that applause? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, does it sound like applause? <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to spin the wheel of story again. Okay, Ben, you are in the scenario column. Pick a number between one and five. Two. Two. In our scenario column, in this round of wheel of story, the scenario is with a bomb. So currently we are working with a rock star. <laughs> Rocks. Okay. A rock star with sad, a bomb. Sad rock star <laughs> with a bomb. Okay. And now we're going to spin this wheel of story one more time. And we're on the setting category. And I'm going to pick randomly a number between one and five, even though I'm Looking right at the You're spreadsheet. Looking directly at it. Yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good. I'm closing my eyes. So I don't remember what's on there. I'm going to pick one. One on Mars. So Wheel of Story has presented us a character, a scenario, and a setting. We now have Rockstar with a bomb on Mars. Okay? So the idea that we would flesh out from that point is a Rockstar with a bomb on Mars. Now, I want to say... Before we, you know, before we get very precious with the wheel of story, there are decks, there are decks of cards, there are creativity decks, there are websites that do this exact same thing, where they just really are getting your imagination stimulated. So if you don't have any ideas of your own, you do this. Of course, 
Well, I would say none of us are going to write a story about a rock star with the bomb on Mars. Hold on. But I kind of like that. I'm getting an idea. (laughs) I was going to say, if anyone is, it's going to be Ben for sure. Oh, no, I can see it all happen. I really underestimated how powerful the Wheel of Story was going to be. I didn't realize it was going to work that quickly or that well. Oh, I had no. I didn't care where it ended up. I just needed rock star with a bomb. I want to see speed, (laughs) movie speed redone. But instead of on a bus, it's a rock concert. And the musicians have to keep okay. playing. If they stop playing, the bomb goes off. And we bring in was uh, was Keanu Reeves' band Dog Star? Was that them? I think we get them to make a cameo mm-hmm. in the film, like they're the opening act or something. But that's oh, okay. And I mean, Mars just adds a whole new level of excitement to it. Uh, that's right, because isn't doesn't uh, Jared Leto have a band called Thirty Seconds to Mars? So they could do some sort of combination, like two movie star leading men rock band yeah but here's the problem battle. if we put if we put Jared Leto on stage I don't know if people are going to root for them to <laughs> the bomb you know the power goes out let it go <laughs> just let it blow up okay in less than three minutes five minutes what we did was we stimulated our imaginations by having all of these weird little things connect up and all it took was really that for us to start riffing even in a silly way on I'm an idea silly. so in Dude, this is I, happening. See, because yeah. the nice thing about putting it on Mars is it doesn't even have to be a big bomb. It can just be a strategically placed bomb on the oxygen shield. So it's, okay. it's, it's speed meets okay. Total Recall meets Dog Star, I think is really what, okay. what it comes down to. Ben's got six chapters already written. This is a new right, series. So Wheel of Story is a qualified success right now. We're going to say that. Um, but that is really, unfortunately, <laughs> that is what it takes sometimes <laughs> to get beyond. And I really feel like, and I've heard this from authors that I've worked with as, as an editor, they will come to a point where they just don't, they just don't know where to go. And I will discuss this as we talk, but what I, what I have come up with as a theory and hearing a lot of people talk about that, Clayton, you too, when you come up with, you know, kind of roadblocks, me, myself, when I come up with roadblocks, a lot of them come from the notion that we have to continue on the straight line path that we are on, especially if we're halfway done with something or three quarters of the way. Mm. And we, there's just no wiggle room at that point. We really say, if I can't keep going, then I need to stop as opposed to what can I do to kind of get the juices flowing again. Um, It's hard to, it's hard to trust outside techniques. It's hard to say, I'm going to play a, you know, a wheel of story game and just kind of take my mind in another direction to let it stop clenching around this idea so that I can get the other ideas flowing instead. I think people think of that as a distraction and, and they, they don't trust, you know, that, that that can actually help. But um, I tend to believe that these are the only things that let you, they, they let the four fingers that need to open up, open up in the fist of your imagination. <laughs> it's a really bad, bad analogy, but um, I, I think that's, that's what does it. It keeps you imagining, but it sort of, it's sort of like looking at a star. You can see it more um, vividly when you look off to the side of it than looking at it directly, but you're still looking at the star. You're still, you're still um, in the same mode that you are. You're just not focused so much on, on what it is. Um, ben, when you get stuck Aside from playing the spectacular Wheel of Story TM, do you have special techniques or any sort of go-to activities that you do to kind of break up the the block, or or how do you handle moments like that? I think the most most often where I'll get stuck is the middle, 
or you know the the middle of the story is always where that it, the middle always sucks i don't know why it's just it always bogs down in the middle and um i wouldn't even necessarily call it a technique it's really just barreling through i just i've though i've talked about before how i kind of outline a little bit and i'll have a rough estimate of how many chapters the book is going to be or whatever so if i get to the middle i know basically what needs to happen to get to the next scene i have a little that's formed a little better in my mind already so you can kind of just leave myself notes like this has to happen this has to happen you can get to the part where okay i'm writing again you know you get to a scene that you know a little better or you you've envisioned a little more and you can get to that and that momentum is everything i think it once you get going it's it's um a lot easier to to keep going than it is to to stop and start again so the less i can stop be it in the middle um especially in the middle the, the better now this episode could also probably be advice we don't follow i think is probably it because like <laughs> you know i'll still get bogged down and go damn it what happens what happens and in, in all that but i think that that's the most consistent thing to me is like just it's moving on it's like i'll it's coming back to it later i'll leave a footnote or something just saying something's got to happen here and then you go on and just get to the next part and then once you have that momentum and a lot of times the middle is hard to answer because you don't know what the end is yet so when you have the end sometimes it's a little clearer what has to happen in the middle so sometimes it's easier to go back um as far as just brainstorming i i love going down the um I love going down the uh, TV tropes rabbit hole. I was looking at that today, and that is a dangerous, dangerous rabbit hole on the internet. Probably <laughs> worse than Wikipedia. It will just one thing leads to another, and you're you're in it for hours. But you, so many things that are cliche or tropes um, really lead to a fun idea, even if you're subverting it or just adapting a little bit. But it's just um, you know, there's so many references in there, and there's it's like watching a hundred scenes at once when you kind of get in there and see. Oh, how did this play out? How did this play out? And just kind of that always sparks sparks some thoughts for me as well. Yeah. So, Ben, you seem you have what I would consider sort of the yada yada process where you say this thing is happening, yada, yada. This other thing is happening. Yada, yada. You hop to all the places where, you know, it's going to be complete in your head. You don't let you don't let a, a stuck moment stop you from continuing on necessarily in, in, in what you're writing. And then you circle back and say, okay, now that I've had time to flesh out what comes afterwards. And I agree with you totally. What comes, sometimes what comes afterward, what comes before is determined by what comes afterward. Mm -hmm. And it all kind of unlocks itself for you at the end. When you circle back to those other parts, they're not hard to write. They're really obvious to you. And so it's an easier time if you don't get stuck if you don't let yourself get stuck if you really do say just go on to the next thing yeah. um yeah the trick is actually doing what you say you're going to do yeah that's the uh, you know yes but yeah i find yeah again <laughs> yeah. momentum is everything and like you say it just a lot of times the end will reveal the the middle and the middle is i don't know about you guys but that's where i always get stuck is in the middle of a story yes that's where i get bogged down i, I think most people do so i agree and i i think my theory is that the middle is a lot of <sighs> There are certain points that you have to, and I call them the major stars in the in the constellation. You have to hit these particular points. Everything in between is really connective tissue. So a lot of times it's just kind of boring stuff that just has to be written in order to get to the really good stuff. So as a writer, you lose interest. You hope that the readers don't. You hope that you make it interesting enough. But those are the parts where you're like, ah, I'll just do this later. I want to get to the exciting, you know. The, well, and the I think and it's potatoes. funny you say that because I think that helps too. Because I mean, you can't. 
there's necessary parts that yeah can be boring, but if you if you do that, I think slogging through it is what leads to those boring parts. Yeah. So I think if I you agree. if you come back to it later, I do think you get um, a leaner story uh, because you know what's going to happen. So there's less meandering when you're writing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And hopefully there's you know hopefully there's no boring parts by the time you get to the end hopefully the boring parts become a little more exciting and you can kind of dial them up because everything's just a little more makes a little more sense when you go at it the first time i agree and I, I know we've talked about this too if it's not fun for the writer why would it be fun for the reader so you don't want those boring parts you really want to do what you can to say i didn't just not have an idea so i guess i'll just fill it in with fluff and then you know get to the next exciting part you want you want to do what you can to get the ideas as powerful as they possibly can be in all the spots. And if that means stepping away and coming back, that's what it means. Yep. I think so. Clayton, Clayton, what do you, what do you have as a, as a technique for when you get stuck on a part that either now let's, let's, let's change this a little bit. It's either a part that you are stuck on because you're not quite sure what you want. You know, it has to happen, but you don't know how you want it to be presented. Or let's say a part that's kind of not interesting to you at that point. Um, do you stick with it and work through it because you know you cannot go to the next part? Or does your brain start wandering and saying, uh, okay, well, uh, and I know you write very linear, linearly, you write very straightforward. But as far as your process goes, do you engage a technique to say, okay, I can't just stay here forever. I actually have to move on somehow and get to the next juicy chapter of our story this ended up being a really good question because <clears throat> i think as we're as we're seeing here there are so many different ways that we get stuck right and the writers get stuck for what you're describing here luna i as you both know like my mind wanders a lot like i i do not i've never worked on just one story uh, i always at least am mentally plotting out at least probably two other things minimum um which is sometimes its own kind of hurdle to, to finishing something because it kind of in some in, in a sense, it sort of makes me stuck on things if I'm losing interest in one thing because I'm excited about you know the outline of another thing. But you know that aside, I think um, that the ability to kind of shift focus really, I think in the long run helps me a lot. When I feel stuck on a story, when I don't know, where to go next, or if it feels, you know, I, what Ben has been talking about the last several minutes has resonated a lot with me, especially with broken world. I, that's where I've been living for the last couple of years, like in that kind of middle space where I know where I need to get to, I know I need to get there in a way that is exciting and meaningful and important, but it's, it's been a slog. And so what I've been trying to do there is kind of a mixture of several things. So sometimes I will change focus and think about other stories that it sometimes helps unstick me. Um, but even when it doesn't, it at least gives my, it gives me some kind of mental health break, I think, because then I can, you know, I'm not so focused on the fact that I'm stuck on this other story. I'm making progress on these other things that I will eventually work on. And that just kind of, you know, there's something about that that makes me feel better in my own brain about that. Um, and sometimes it unsticks me too. I think there's this game I used to play when I was, <laughs> less concerned about people's general happiness, which is, you know, if, if someone's telling you a story that they're really interested in, in like really into, and you, you know, they're in the middle of it and you say, Oh, hold on a second. And you stop them and their, you know, attention shifts to you. And you say, Oh no, never mind. Go on. 
often they will have a hard time restarting. Like they will lose their train of thought and they will not be able to get back onto <laughs> it. Dick move. It's a fun game, but it's a really <laughs> dick move. <laughs> but what I've learned too is that I think the the inverse of that is true is if you're stuck somewhere, if you can kind of get jarred away from that and focus on something else for just, a, you know, a very short amount of time, you can then come back and what has been blocking you is no longer there. Like suddenly it's, a, you, you, you're taking, you're, your train of thought has gone off the rails in a good way in the sense that you realize you don't have to keep going down this path. Your train has jumped the tracks and you're like, Oh, what if I approach it from these other tracks over here? If that is an analogy that makes sense. So I think that whole focusing on other things works really well. That's one thing that I try to do a lot. And again, it also sometimes is not great. Sometimes is, um, is, is actually kind of harmful. So it's, it's not a great strategy. Um, I think stepping like Ben stepping away from something and coming back to it is very, very helpful. The trick is you've got to come back to it. You know, like it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and again, that's where I think that momentum matters. Yes, I agree. And, and so Clayton, you play wheel of story, but you play it with an entirely different story. Like you actually go right. completely <laughs> off of what you're yeah. working on and say, let me just, I don't even want to say mollify myself. Let me continue the imagination juice that I have going, but let me put it to use someplace where it's sort of like, um, and I hate the word multitasking because multitasking to me is a, is the, is really the bane of the 21st century brain, the 20th century and the 21st century. The idea that you have to have multiple irons in the fire all the time really has made us distracted, um, beyond compare to the point where sometimes we can't focus on anything at all because we think either I'm going to be disturbed by something else. So I might as well not get into this or I'm looking for something. I need some other second and third thing to be there in order for everything to come along little by little by little. So I kind of feel like what you're doing is saying, if I have mental energy to use and I can't use it over here, let me go ahead and use it over here so I can bring this other story along a little bit. And then if I get stuck on that, let me go to this third one. By the time you get through that whole cycle, you may have circled back to what you were missing from the, from the other story. So it's, it's actually of value for you to not just try to stop the train in motion, but to find another track for it to move on so that it's, it's useful. I, I, I venture, I guess that a lot of people, their frustration is based on the fact that they are working on something. They have imaginative energy to put into it. And then the idea stops coming. So the imagination doesn't stop the engine doesn't stop running. It's just that it, you you don't know where to take it next. So you've got this frustration, this really kind of dissonance between what your brain wants to do and what your brain is cooperating with you. And you just say, well, I'm going to cooperate with my brain and say, let's let's move on to, to something completely different. Yeah. And to be clear, it doesn't always work for the story you're working on. Sometimes you come back and you're still stuck, but you've, you've moved the needle on other stories sure. at that point. Right. You've so utilized it's gonna, your energy in a, in a, in a productive run. way. Yeah. So that's something I do sometimes. Um, what Ben is talking about, like basically like slogging through, I mean, really perseverance is sometimes all that's needed. Um, mm-hmm. Writing is hard work and that's why we have so many, I'm sure we've all heard so many people who are like, I have a great idea for a novel. I'm going to start it. And then they start it (laughs) and then they work on it for like two chapters and it's done. Right. Because they don't understand that writing is actually really hard work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it comes really easy and that's the best possible scenario, but usually parts of it come easily and parts of it don't. And it's like any other job where you have to, you know, push yourself through the parts that aren't so easy to get to the end of the, the story. 
So sometimes it is about perseverance, but I would say the third thing we haven't talked about yet that helps me a lot when I'm stuck on something uh, is, especially if it's like a really important story plot point, talking to someone else who doesn't understand my vision for the story at this point is really helpful. And I use Luna for this a lot. Like if I have an idea and I'm in my own head about it and I can't wrap it, I'll be like, Luna, here's what I'm doing. And I'll pitch it off of him and I'll pitch to him and we'll bounce it around. And more times than not, Luna will be like, well, what about this obvious thing you haven't been thinking about? And I'll be like, oh shit, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Right. Because I'm so like mired into my own space, my own brain. The storyline that I've been writing has been going along the way that my brain thinks it should go and it's locked into that space. So having someone else to be like, well, what about if it comes from over here? Um, that's been really helpful. And even when Luna is wrong, which happens plenty of times, um, my, my favorite example being Anomaly Flats. We were trying to, <laughs> do you know this was coming, Luna? Oh, I, I had a sense. <laughs> For Anomaly Flats, like part of the, part of the overarching storyline without spoiling anything this time um, is how the space-time continuum works, basically. And we have very differing ideas of how that works. We spent, I don't know, I mean, probably at least five days straight arguing about how time travel should work. <laughs> and it was a thing that really I was sticking on in my brain. I couldn't figure it out. And I bounced off Luna. He told me how he thought time travel worked. He was very wrong. And so <laughs> that conversation led us to a point where <laughs> having the conversation for five full days about, you know, me saying, no, 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 no. It's like this. And him being like, no, it's like, you know, that helped me explore what actually my thoughts about time travel were. And they helped, helped me answer some questions I didn't know that I needed answering. Um, and it turns out that the power was within me all the time. And I was right all along. Luna was wrong, as I knew. And him being wrong so consistently for so long really helped me figure out where to take that story. And that was really yeah, helpful. You need a foil. It's the least I can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You need a foil. And I, I would even say it's like count, it's like counseling. It is really it is really like having a counselor yeah. who says because you do get tied up in knots and maybe they're not your knots. It's a story you're writing. It's not really your life that you need, needs to go on. It's not but it it still helps to have somebody who can look at the map. I mean, you're so you're so intimate with your own idea that sometimes you just don't understand that it can be a different way when somebody else looks at it and doesn't have all of that intrinsic knowledge that you have. And they can really see either they see what you're missing, like they can see, well, you just told me this and this other thing does not tie to what you told me. I've I've gone through that a lot where I, I just look at something and like this seems to make sense to me, but it's it doesn't really make sense. Or they can bring in something that's completely new that you never would have come to. So you would have just struggled forever because you really do have sort of a, a limited um, array of resources in your brain for how this works. And sometimes it helps even to go, go, go research, go look at the internet, go look at other people's ideas. That can help too if you don't have a live human being to kind of bounce it off of so that you get a new perspective. But in in a like a psychoanalysis sort of you know setting it's that same thing where you are so fraught in your own situation that just having somebody on the outside to say what i hear you saying is this it gives you the opportunity to hear your words back and say well yeah that's not really what i was thinking or oh that's totally what i was thinking and just by you pointing it out now i can go forward i don't even need your help i just how needed you to repeat it to me of uh, when you guys get locked up on something how much of it is just insisting that the story continues the way 
you envisioned it initially because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really start writing until I have a lot of the story settled so if I'm like okay. if I get in there and I'm like oh but if if this has to change is it the first domino you know so I wonder yeah. how much of it's my own I mean it's all my own stupid fault when I get locked up on something but I think a lot of it's just like like you say like refusing to change that one little bit that you thought was crucial and in the end may not have made yeah. any difference at all well, and sometimes it's things you really like. Like, I really like this idea, so I have to figure out how to fit it in. And really, this is when they talk about kill your darlings. You have to kind of extract the things that don't work, even if you like them. Like, they're not... Mm -hmm. At some point, the story becomes the deity, and you're serving the story. So even if you don't like the sacrifice, the god expects the sacrifice, so you're going to have to... have to. I know I, I went, I've gone through that a lot, where... You're, you're aiming at an idea and you're like, all I have to do is get it to this point. But by the time you've written 75% of whatever that idea is, it doesn't line up with where it was going. And you have to you have to open your hands and, and let it go. Um, and so I would say between the two of you, really, that's where my sticking points lie. It's 50% knowing what I want and not being able to get there. And 50% I just left open and I don't know how to fill that gap. So I've left a lot of open space to say, well, let's explore. And when I get there, I'm like, I don't want to explore. I just want to go straight to the parts that I know. Um, so so I have equal. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I write like 20% of a story <laughs> when I write all my 50 pages of notes. And then I still have to do all of that, all of that walking to find out what it is and to fix the stuff that wasn't right. Because you guys probably have this too some cool idea in chapter nine negates some cool idea in chapter two. One of them has to, one of them has to go. They don't line up and everything can't be right. But you try to find a fusion that, that makes sense that says, okay, the cool parts can still be here. Um, so you don't lose the whole thing. That's a lot of my note. A lot of my, so many notes that I thought I was so cool and, you know, getting ahead of myself doing turn out to be garbage. And so I just highlight them and say, yeah, you can't use that. You have to, you have to, continue building the bridge that you're building now using the next plank in the bridge you cannot you can't go that far off and um i think it's the disappointment sometimes that stops me it's not even that i don't have another idea it's that it's the morning <laughs> it's the morning of the loss to say can i really give this up it was a key idea in my story and now um i have to replace it with something that i love even more and um i, I have i have to have some time to process that and say okay i i, I can be good with it um, part of, I think where I usually get tripped up in that way is, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, when I, when I come up with an outline, it's usually like, I almost always have my beginning set, my end set, like I can envision them perfectly in the, the tableaus and almost all of my books, maybe all of them have a journey in the middle to get you from point A to point B literally. So like the, the, the bulk of the book for me usually is what is this journey? And so I go into writing thinking, I don't actually know anything about that. And I want to explore that. And that's fun for me. But it, that's where I get caught up a lot, uh, which is kind of the opposite of what you're saying. I don't know what their storyline will be to get from A to B. That's what I'm exploring on the path. And that trips me up sometimes. And sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it trips me up. So it's not so much that this is deviated from the story. It's that I don't know what the story should be and I can't find it right now. So it's just a big gap in the middle that you're saying, okay, 
you fill it in, but it takes the time that it takes. Yeah, so and sometimes I have like marker, like mark, like you know, markers along the way that serve as um, little goalposts, you know. But it's the it's getting from one event to the other because my books tend to be about journeys. That is really we, almost one hundred percent of the time is where I get stuck, not knowing what the path should be, and just looking at that and like you're in the middle of writing something, right? And you think about how's this person going to get to the next, you know, the next waypoint. There's an infinite world of possibilities. So figuring mm-hmm. out what is the one that you want to actually give your time and energy to, that I think is what trips me out. Like the uh, the fact that the sandbox is so big at that point is really challenging. I've I've done a couple of like road trip kind of books like that or journey books like that. And one thing I found helpful is just looking at the path. Like mine's mine's it's not in a fantasy land. It's in a it's in the post apocalyptic America, but it's you know there's still a map for it. Like I did one where uh, all the action happened up and down the Mississippi and it was a matter of I'm going to start them in Hannibal because that's where Twain started. And um, he did. Yep. And then, uh, you know, just I I wanted to represent Mr. Samuel Clemens, Donald Twain. Um, You know, but then it was (laughs) and it was going to end up. uh, I don't remember where, where it ended up, but uh, you know, I had an endpoint. But it was also I was looking at the map and go, oh, here's a fun, here's a fun city, here's a here's a fun city that kind of sparks some ideas. Same thing with, uh, well, I did one called Pursuit of the Apocalypse, which was just um, the whole idea was Cannonball Run Two uh, meets Mad Max. That was blatantly ripped off. And honestly, Crossroads of the Apocalypse was uh, Davy Crockett and the River Pirates in the in nice. the uh, in the apocalypse. So. But yeah, looking like laying it out and actually having that visual aid is something that's helped me get through a few um, blocks as well. You know, I have to say, like you, the words that you're saying make perfect sense to me, and that's how it should be. What I have found for myself, and I I can't explain this at all. The books that I have (laughs) that actually follow a real no, no, I do want to do it. (laughs) The books that follow a real map, those are the ones I have a hard time making the journey with. The books where I create a total fantasy map, that's been easy for me. So like. Mabel Gray Have you takes tried grabbing like instead of like a atlas map, grabbing like a Stucky's roadside map, like you know, with all the. <laughs> I've not that tried that. That is a good one. Like a placemat. Okay. Kind of yeah, placemat from Stucky's or Golden Corral or something. <laughs> no, and I like that idea. So I'll work on that. You need to try that. Yeah. You need to try that because I think your characters are stuck trying to get to a steamboat at the moment and they've been stuck I there for like two and a half years if i'm <laughs> if i'm not mistaken august 15th was a date that was a very significant date and i think it's coming up quicker than you anticipated it's two and a half close. months i got so much time <laughs> two and a half months okay what else is happening in two and a half months you've nothing, got a clear big. calendar right <laughs> big. it's fine no big life changes you've got time can i say by the way this is something else i was thinking of earlier this is going to change topics a little bit but um the you saying the steamboat thing reminded me so when we're talking about people who you should go to as like a therapy session which i think counseling is a really great analogy luna for for talking to someone and kind of you know getting your mind wrapped around your story in a different way i also think it's important you have to find the right person because the thing that fired in me when you were talking about that is um there are a couple times when i've I've shared ideas with Ben too. And what I've found is that even though our styles are very different, our our ideas are very similar actually. 
Like mm. there was one time I was like, Dad, look at this cover for Broken World. And it has a, um, a paddle wheel on it. And he's like, oh, I'm also working on a post-apocalyptic story about a paddle wheel boat. Like, of, course, of course you are. I of think course. it was the same, the same paddle wheel boat that inspired us too. Up at yeah, the, I, yeah, it was a Branson Bell, right? The showboat yeah. Branson Bell. Absolutely, we went to the yeah. same lake and saw the same boat. We're like, oh, that's going in the next post-apocalyptic book. <laughs> and so when Ben, so, you know, I, that's that's less helpful for me because Ben's right there where I am. So having having Luna, who is in a different kind of both mental of plane, is, to your, is your respective corners. Like I'm not showing any more of my cards. I might give away too much. Well, no, I know because like there have been several books that Ben and I have that they're not parallels by any means, but there are a lot of similarities in you know again like sure. the idea, not the style at all, but um, the idea. Which and is and just, we don't have the same like you don't you and I don't talk about what's coming. No, like, like, no. yeah, you, you don't, yeah, we don't float ideas by me like Luna. So it's not like I'm pilfering them and just getting ahead of you. It's right. just there's, there's a creative personality type within the creative personality type that sounds like it tracks like both of you track. I have never once thought of a post-apocalyptic <laughs> adventure as a story idea, even being around you guys for the better part of 10 years. It has never it's never popped up into my brain that, oh, I could do a version of that with my stuff. So I really think you guys, uh, there's something to that. It's not just that, hey, we're accidentally coming up with the same stuff. I think there's there are sensibilities that kind of lead you both in a similar direction. It's really fun <laughs> to, watch, to watch it unfold. But it, it also says, hey, when you see a third person out there who has no relation to you and they have an idea that kind of reflects what you've done, they've got that same mentality and that same sort of sensibility, maybe the same frame of reference of pop culture things, maybe the same sorts of things, you know, attract you when you're watching movies and TV. Um, and it's so, it's just interesting to kind of, you know, like, it's like eating popcorn. Like, I can't wait to see what they overlap on next <laughs> because my next story has nothing to do with anything. And I'm all here all alone with my weird little idea. Like, can I do it? Um, but so that's, that's interesting to me too, that you guys have, you have these journeys that you, you put your characters on and they, they have to follow a path and sometimes you can get them, you know, literally out of the mire that they're stuck in. And sometimes you can't, you have to kind of redo it. Um, and I would say all, if not most, most or not, well, however you say that most, if not all, Hey, take that out. Make me sound intelligent. Nope. It's all staying in. Go on. <laughs> most, <laughs> most, if not all of my stories are, um, growth journeys as opposed to physical journeys. So my people probably stay in the same town, but they have to go from A as a person to B as a person. And so it's it's very similar. It's a map of somebody's development where I say, hey, they go a little bit forward and then they turn into a little bit of an asshole and then they go a little bit more forward and then something gets pulled out from underneath them and they realize, oh, I've got comeuppance, you know, in, in my in my corner too. And then they finally, you know, figure out what they're, what they're doing. Um, so I have kind of a similar, um, course that I have to project for my, my stories and my characters, but mine are much more interior and very much, it's not so much where they go. It's who comes into their life or who they reach that teach them something that they're not going to know on their own. So I also have to, my locations are actually other characters mm -hmm. um, instead of them getting to Hannibal and getting to, you know, it's really interesting Raleigh. thinking of that way. I don't even know if that's where it goes. Yeah. You don't um, know these in, books in at order, all. No, in order to get to, you know, like Narnia or wherever, <laughs> wherever the Mississippi leads, I don't even think that's a real river, but whatever, if you guys say so. You don't think the Mississippi is um, a real river. No, that just sounds like life in the word. desert. huh? But, 
yes, we don't have water out here, so we don't know what that looks like. Um, but instead of instead of having all those locations and figuring that out, I sometimes I add a new character. Like I oh, I need them to be just like jacked up. <laughs> they just need to get punched in the face by somebody who they didn't see coming, and then I add a character, and that gives them that gives me the twist. But I have to kind of see them in that situation. I have to look at them from a helicopter view and say, well. You know, I see the conjunction here of these two characters, but a third, somewhere from some place, they need this other influence coming in. I guess I'll have a character come up from the side. So me plotting my characters coming in and going out to their journey is the same, I think, or similar to you guys plotting your locations. And when you kind of go off course, that's where you kind of sit and reflect and like, okay, you say, where do they go next? And I say, who do they come into contact with next? And they both pose the same problem. They both kind of pose that. Um, well, they, for any, we, need, any, we need a platform yeah, for these people to get There's to an obstacle, again. whether it be right internal or um, I had a crack in, in the Mississippi and pirates right. and stuff like that. But it, yeah, it's... No, yeah, let me cross that, that off my outline. Hold on a second. Take the Kraken out just, and... Yeah. Uh, Pirates, I think, are probably. Yeah, I know. Why don't you guys just pirates are in? I've already written the pirates into my book. They're not coming out. Kraken, I will. And they they shouldn't be. The Kraken needs to go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, I should just collaborate. This should just be one book, chapter, chapter, chapter. You each take every other chapter. Well, I think that's why you might be done now if you just fuse the two books into one. I think that's where where Seedborn came from, right? Like, let's stop. Let's stop doubling up the work. Let's just (laughs) battling. It's really helpful to be able to have techniques in your corner already when you get stuck. I think a lot of new writers don't have that because they haven't come to it. And I think Clayton, like you were talking about, hey, I've got a story. People get super, super excited. They start, they either finish too quickly or they get stuck and they say, it's, oh, I guess that's as far as it goes. It's like, you I guess s- I can't you know, write a whole novel. Well, it's like um, Clayton said, like, it's it's a lot of work. Like even if it's if it yes. comes naturally, it's still a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. It's it a is. lot of sitting and typing, and um, that yes. enthusiasm is not going to carry you the whole way through. So if, if it's just there's, excitement, it's is going to get you. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's willpower. It's, it's all yeah. that. Although I, I will say, I just it's been a while since I'd finished anything, but I finished a story last week that I've been working on since I've been trying to finish Wait it minute, since I late last year. Hold yes, on. give them the pause. Give them the pause. There you go. What, what finally really helped, and I mean, it was a matter of clearing schedules and stuff like that as well, but um, I, I, I picked up a new book and I was reading it and I got really excited about it. And like, it's, it's weird. Like whenever I go see a band play, I want to come home and pick up the guitar and I want to I want to start a band. Whenever I read a great book, I want to write books like that energy carries through. If I go to a great restaurant, I want well, I still want someone else to cook the food for me. But you know, it's <laughs> I, I, I can't cook that food. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. I just want to eat that. But uh, I, I just, all, I'm always trying to read, and I noticed that when I get blocked from in writing, I've also fallen off reading a little bit as well. So it's like trying to just trying to keep something good. And I've gotten to the point finally where it's like I used to be like if I don't if I pick up a book, I'm going to finish it, and. I'll get to the middle and I'm slogging and I'm slogging through the middle of somebody else's book. I'll put it down and not get to it. It's much like when I go to write a book. So I've got to the point now where I'm like, okay, I'll give it the first third of the book. If I don't like it, I set it aside and grab a new book. But if I'm reading a book that's riveting and it's exciting, it's fun to read. It's got me, it, it makes me want to write. Like it, it's just, it, it, it does help in just, um, rebuild that enthusiasm that does, you know, just wanes from the time. But, uh, that's one thing I would say that, uh, is, is the, one of the tricks for beating writer's block is to just, just keep reading. I think there's, 
I know initially I had a fear of if I'm reading something, will it will I accidentally pilfer it, you know, or will it, uh, you know, I was From like, the oh, person no, I don't who wanna... just admitted about 10 minutes ago that one of his books was, uh, what was it? Cannonball Run 2? Can- specifically uh, Cannonball Max, Run 2. And you stole the whole yes. thing. Davy Crockett, Beyond Thunder. Yeah, Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. <laughs> but those are movies. That's yes. not the same thing. No, oh, that's like, true. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to, um, I felt like I didn't want to be too unduly influenced by what I was reading. And that, that was long ago. I got, I got past that, but, um, just reading something that, that keeps you engaged and keeps you excited, you know, not even looking for new ideas, just to just to take that take that excitement and turn it into enthusiasm and 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 continue on. And that uh, I just I got into a book and it's it, it's um I think you guys know him. Uh, Ailey Martinez is the author. Oh, yeah. He did uh, Monster and um, he's done some great stuff and real fun stuff, funny stuff. I'm reading um, Emperor Mollusk versus the Sinister Brain. And uh, I just it's been on the shelf for a while. And I picked it up and his stuff is um, very similar in pacing to, I think, the way I write. So it was, again, reminding me like, OK, what I'm writing isn't. It works, you know, like it, it's not, you, you know, you get that perfectionist streak. You want to make sure. And it's like my you can get to the point where it's stupid. I was getting in my own head like, is this paragraph long enough? Do I need to vary the length of what, you know? And then reading this book is just making me laugh the whole way through. Like, no, 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 this is what, this is what I'm going for too. And it's whatever it takes to get that, to get that joke, to get that laugh. And uh, yeah, it's like, cool. I'm going to get back to, get back to writing. I got, got finished to the end of a story. So I would say just always be reading something that um, inspires you or engages you. And if it's not, put it aside life's too short to uh well, slog would, through somebody else's consuming, middle consuming any media can do that too so if if you are writing and you get more inspiration out of movies or television like we do shift to that shift shift mm-hmm. to something that stimulates your imagination and reminds you why you want to create something as opposed to trying to figure out the thing that you want to create a lot of times just kind of infuses you with new energy to say oh that's right i want to create i i really have told have told the authors that I've worked with about this too when they get stuck and they say I guess maybe I'm not a writer and it's it's very I don't want to belittle anybody but it has this very self-defeating self-pitying sort of tone to it and my answer is always if you want to write a book you will write a book there will be nothing that will stop you when you get to that point you will know that you are you are a writer really um if anything before that stops you then I guess you weren't a writer I guess you were right you didn't want to be a writer enough to say I can Put it aside for two months, even if I have to, because life is too busy and I can come back to it and I'll be fine. And if it takes me five years to write it, I will continue because I know I have to do it. But if you can look at it and say, well, that wasn't really worth it and go on to something else, it, it was not as important as it was supposed to be to you. And that's fine. That's good. That's that's actually good to know, because a lot of people kick themselves and say, I could have been a writer. Maybe you couldn't. Maybe you really could not be, because if you got stuck in, there was nothing that you could find that was important enough for you to get unstuck at some point or even start something new completely. If you have to do that, um, then, then maybe you really are realizing your limitations, realizing like Clayton was saying, like Ben was saying, it is really difficult to write a book. Even if you have a great idea, 90,000 words is a whole lot of words. That is a lot to put down for what amounts to a novel and you can't fluff it. Your readers will call you out and say, hey, and you will, you will, you know, you'll kind of feel it yourself, too, and say, I fluffed this part. I should have gone back and, you know, done more. So so anything that gets you past being stuck where you are, whether it's start a new work 
work on something else that you're working on, get inspiration from other people, find a friend, find a sounding board that can kind of bounce it off of you. Use the wheel of story once TM. it's available TM. for everybody yep. to use. <laughs> yep. TM, ding. Um, it's all valid in any way that you get unstuck short of plagiarism. <laughs> it is yeah, right. the best way to get unstuck. There is no one way. There's only the way that works for you, and whatever that is, is totally valid. I have one more. I have one more thought before we kind of wrap up because I it occurred to me, and um, I guess I know, I know, but I this is really good. Right I know you were, too. and I, I, as soon as I learned you were in the outro, I thought, oh no, I have one more thought, <laughs> which is just that for me, and this has happened less. The more and more I write, the less and less it happens, but I still um, happens a little bit still. Which is one of the reasons I get stuck is because I find myself thinking what I have been writing for the last however long is not very good, and it's mm. that can be a really defeating thought. Um, and I just want to say like, I don't, I don't know what your guys thoughts on this, but even though every time I, you know, go back over first draft and like, there's, there's always work to be done. I have never once, like not, not once in my entire writing career, have I ever gone back and said, actually that was as bad as I thought it was. And it shouldn't be here. Every single time I reread <laughs> anything I've written, no matter how bad it is, it's not nearly as bad as I told myself that it was when I was writing it. It's always better. That's, and it's, that's for your editor to say. No, it's not for my editor to decide. My editor would agree, I think. My editor doesn't know how okay. bad I thought it was when I was working on it. So I've seen, that's it. You've I seen the memes. It's, it's a roller coaster where, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster, but it's one where you're guaranteed to always throw up at the end. It just, yeah. it is. It's ups and downs. I suck at this. This is yeah. great. This is the greatest thing I've ever written. What the hell was I thinking? I wish I hadn't called my boss an asshole. I need that job back. <laughs> I need my job back. Yeah, and I think, I think Ben... Clayton turns to other stories. I think you and I have, we have illustrating, we have drawing where I can say this isn't working and I do feel like a hack. Let me go do something that I feel like I can be successful at. I can at feel like a hack in at five two minutes. Things. Yeah. Yeah. You can say, oh, okay, this is great. Now, you know, I convinced myself that I should be creative and it kind of got me <laughs> past the depression of the story until I can get back to it and look at it with clearer eyes. Um, well, sometimes I, yeah, like I, it is like yeah. you, you'll jump into a drawing and I'll be sitting there trying to make something work and it's terrible. And I go, oh, I guess I am a writer. I'm certainly not an illustrator. <laughs> yeah, that too. It can that's right. One, you always need a you always need a comparison point to say, huh, this was this other thing was the thing I was I'm supposed to do. I'm certainly not an artist. I must be a writer. That's, <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to sound kind of. I don't know. Maybe nobody does this. Maybe this is just ego stroking. But sometimes I go back and read, not from a manuscript, but from a finished book of my own. I'll just pick a oh, chapter gross. that I remember I liked. Isn't this that, is gross isn't narcissism. Disgusting. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> I'll read it. And if I read it and I don't remember writing it and it sounds like somebody else wrote it, that reminds me, oh, yeah, the stuff that the stuff that I create actually goes out into the world and just looks like every other thing that's being created. That just, I don't pat myself on the back at that point. I say, this, is, this feels like <laughs> so, a James Patterson book. I've done it. Right. That's it. This could be a memory no, issue too. Is. I mean, we were talking this about is. the commercials you're getting targeted for. This Maybe is, some uh, ginkgo biloba in the supplements. <laughs> no, it's Prevagen. Prevagen is Prevagen's new. That's new ginkgo. And I'm happy I remembered that without Prevagen. <laughs> Um, no, this is what I say. It is no worse than anything else that is out there. It is never, oh, this is great. It, it, it is always that, all right, if mine hides among everything else, it doesn't sound like the worst thing I've ever read. So it must be okay. 
and then I move on. And then it really is, that's all I need is really to know that it's, I, you, I'm number 99th, not number 100. I was talking okay, to some, cool. someone that wanted to be a writer, and he'd, he'd written a, a first draft, like a, a whole novel. I think he'd finished a whole novel, and he was just like, you know, questioning, like, is it good enough? Am I a writer? I'm like, if you made it to the end of a whole novel, asking <laughs> yeah. yourself the whole way, is it good enough? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you're a yeah. writer. Congratulations. If, yeah. you've, yeah. if you went 80,000 words while facing that self-doubt, yeah. You know, you've read yeah. all the books. You've you've had enough passion to get there. And now you've held on to that for a year before showing anybody. Yeah, it's probably great. Like, it's probably, yeah. it, it's yeah. probably exactly okay. what it needs to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it is. It, it's such uh, endurance. Um, activity of endurance and getting to the end of it if you've stuck it out like chances are pretty good you didn't screw it up too bad like if you just yeah. i mean why would you put yourself yeah. through that anyway you know if yeah. you weren't gonna well, uh, if it wasn't gonna be any good I, I would say too i've worked with authors who've gotten to that point and said i don't believe that i'm as good as i think i want to know what i need to improve on and have been very open to understanding that it's a process for them that's great and have I, it's really, it was really something to kind of say, okay, if you're sure you want to hear this, I'm happy to you know tell you what you need to work on. Uh, one author in particular who I can remember who took every bit of advice and wanted every bit of advice and truly improved notably from book to book on the ones that I worked on and was grateful to get that. That to me also is a hallmark of a writer. It's somebody who says, I, 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 understand that there's more for me and I can't give it to myself maybe. So I want somebody else to be able to give it to me. I don't want to get stuck at the end and say, I'm not sure if it's good enough. I want to be able to say I'm open to improving it. If it turns out not to be what I thought it was. Well, and that's my point. I think the people that get all the way to the end and go, I wrote a book. It's awesome. Where do I buy a cover? I think that's the author that I think may (laughs) need to look into it. I think the person that's that's more doubting their abilities they sure. made it all the way to the end and they're still questioning. I don't know. Should it, you know, yeah. I, I think they've probably, if they're putting that much thought into it, they've put enough thought into the story itself. Sure. They've worried about it enough to say, I'm not going to just let it go. Out right. The door. Why would you want your first book to be your best book? That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's true. I've read your books, man. That is true. You you really peaked. Yeah, I just peaked at one. It's just downhill from there. But okay, so that's an interesting question, and we're going to have a whole episode because I have a whole plan for how do you define a writer versus an author versus blah 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 in this whole deal. But if you only have one idea. I, I believe truly people think I don't have another idea. So I want this to be the very best thing I can write in case I never write another one. And inevitably, when you are halfway through one, you have ideas for other things. It's like opening a door that totally. you didn't know had ideas so much stuff are, in it. Ideas are not the problem. Like, yeah, no. And that's yeah. I think people really say this is the only one I can see. You have to tell them, trust, trust yourself to know that if you get to a certain point in this and you're willing to put, you know, your mind to that task, your mind will actually help you say, congratulations, you've unlocked level two. Here are four more ideas that you're going to work on. So don't worry about this being the best. Just worry about this being finished. So you can say, all right, the next three that I have are going to be really spectacular because I'm learning. Luna, we're getting a little long. Um, have you thought about starting oh, towards an outro oh, yet? I'm sorry. Or... I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to take up so much time. Yeah, I, you if know, you could I just like at least endless. think about sure. getting us towards an outro. I think I cool. can. This is a good time. I, I've got some. Let me come up. Okay. I've got something. For the first okay. time. Yeah. Okay. So I think what we've learned here is that 
you can get stuck in a million ways. You can get unstuck in a million ways. It's important to know that if you do get stuck, if you're a creative person listening out there, there's always a way to get unstuck and whatever works for you works. There's no right or wrong. Just do what you need to do. Again, I think we said short of plagiarizing or stealing other people's ideas just to move forward. What If it's playing games, if it's playing sports, if it's, if it's doing some other activity that has nothing to do with creativity, and when you come back to the desk, everything is in its place where you left it and you understand what you need to do next, congratulations, you've gotten unstuck. All right. That's the whole episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. When maybe we have a billion and one bad ideas because, you know, the Wheel of Story turned out to be a really great idea after all. It's not going to be in the pile of bad ones.